9 a.m., how are we doing? We doing well? Come on, it's, uh, it's Expansion Sunday, and we are going to do something uh, unique at the end of our time together. Uh, and so if you did come prepared to give, and if you call Action Church home, that's kind of a foregone conclusion. That's what we do. We are generous. And so we're going to worship God and actually spend some time worshiping him uh, with song and uh, by giving at the end of service. We'll get to that uh, in just a, a little bit. I also want to remind you, Christmas services are coming up. How many of you are excited about Christmas services? Man, the team is already already rehearsing and, and I'm hearing all of the, the fun ideas and the powerful moments we're gonna have. So, so make sure you're reserving your seats. Uh, really today, uh, and, and honestly, if you're going to attend um, the uh, socially distant service that we just added at, at noon here at our Winter Park location, uh, you, you're gonna want to get those today. There's less than 100 seats left for that and we will not be adding any more socially distanced options. There's only so many times you can preach in a week. Come on, somebody. Like we're, we're already doing like 19 services in like four hours. And so uh, we'll also, uh, just as a reminder, if you do come to one of the other services, you don't get those seats. Uh, our, our action steps room uh, will be uh, socially distanced um, at every single service for first come, first serve basis. That makes sense? Come on, Expansion Sunday, Christmas coming up. I'm excited to be in church today. You guys excited to be in church? We are gonna finish out uh, the book of Titus today. Two weeks in Titus. Uh, and last week, uh, we talked about some really, really strong points that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Crete. Titus, if you remember, uh, is a person, a pastor, not a place. You're like, oh, I get it now. You were looking in the back of your Bible. Come on, how you still bring a paper Bible to church? You were looking at maps, trying to find Titus all last week because you were asleep at the first part of the service. When we talked that Titus was a pastor, a young pastor, on the island of Crete. And we say the first two chapters, chapter one and two, today we're gonna finish out this book of the Bible uh, in chapter three. And I wanna start reading uh, in chapter three, verse one, where it says, remind the believers. Let's, let's read that together. Come on, everybody at all of our location. Remind 14 of you here. Come on, everybody at every location. Come on, pipe Sanford in. Come on, remind the believers. Okay, I, I got it. I, I wanna remind you of what we talked about last week because I think it's important. And then I have some reminders for us today. Remember last week we talked about that we must be focused on right speaking. It's, it's important for you and I to, to think about and take care of the words that are coming out of our mouth, that, that we have to live in such a way. Last week we talked about that we, we need to live with grace so that we can, we can teach with truth, that we're called to live with grace in truth, we were reminded last week that we must be focused on, on right teaching, and that, that the content that comes from our platforms and our small groups and our Bible studies, that, that that content should be the word of God, that we should not add to it or, or take away from it. And then where we're gonna get today, this last point, we must be focused, we must be focused on right living. How, how many of you know it's important to have reminders in life? Come on, if you're married in here, you know how important a reminder is. And, and the thing about reminders is, is you, nobody ever likes being reminded. So when I started reading this, this, this book of the Bible this week, and it said, remind the believers, I did not even have to go any further before I was like, uh, oh no, this is, this is not, this is not gonna be, nobody likes to get a reminder. Like if you're at the grocery store and your spouse texts you, did you remember? You're like, of course I remembered as you walk back into the grocery store to get what you forgot. But when you're asked, you're like, how dare you ask me? Oh, I did not get that. 
Have you ever noticed when you go to the grocery store, sometimes you'll get everything but the one thing you needed? You're like, I forgot toilet paper. Like we needed, well right now you can't forget toilet paper, you gotta get there at 6 a.m. just to go get it, but, but I forgot the main course of the meal. Like you got everything else, you got sidetracked, you were in the dessert aisle, they got you with some of the marketing, you got 17 boxes of cereal, but you didn't get chicken. Like you went there to get chicken, we need a, a good reminder. Come on, if you're on like Google Calendar or, or Apple Calendar, a, a good reminder can save your day. You're like, I forgot about this meeting. A reminder on your phone. And, and a new uh, uh, thing that I just found in the new iPhone update, which if you call Action Church Home, you have to have an iPhone, just, just putting that out there. It's in the membership covenant at Action Step 1. Um, no, I'm just I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But, but Apple did come out with an update where now you can hold a text and basically drag it and show the person that they are lying or that they received it. You know, I love a good paper trail. Like, no, I never got that text. Well, oddly enough, last week it says delivered on this thread and you responded that you were gonna do it and now you don't remember. I love, a, come on, you love a good paper trail. So it's a reminder, you know, we've all, we've all been at that, that, that lunch or forgotten about that lunch or breakfast meeting. We're like, yeah, I, just, I didn't put it on my calendar, but it was, it was right there. It's a, it's a reminder. We, we, nev- we never like them, but they always, they always make us better. I was thinking about this uh, this week. Uh, I, was, I was playing golf on Friday, which I normally do. And I was playing with one of our, our church members and, and we had gone out for what we call an emergency nine. Any of you guys know what that is? It's like you play 18 and you didn't get enough so you just gotta go play a little bit more. Well, he said, have you ever played around with an alignment stick? See, when you're on a, on a driving range, you have alignment sticks that will make sure they will be reminders of where you should aim because in golf, it's really easy to get off track and if your aim is off, then, then the shot you're trying to perform will be off. And he said, hey, I take this, this alignment stick for a practice round and it really reinforces what I should be doing. I think that's what biblical reminders are. They're an alignment stick. Like we thought we were good. Like we thought we had a good perspective. We, we thought we were aimed at the right target. But when we put the alignment stick of the word of God, the reminder in our life, we realize that we've, we've gotten a little bit off. And, as, and I was reading Titus chapter three. Uh, if I'm just being completely transparent, I began to, to have to uh, ask God to, to realign some, some things in my life. And I really think that's what today is. It's a, it's a reminder that we need to realign some things. So let's read the first couple of verses. We're gonna go verse by verse, uh, just like we did last week in uh, Titus chapter three. It says, remind the believers, this is a tough word, we hate this as Americans, to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Well, pastor, what about the people that don't deserve it? That's not what it says. It says to to everyone. I love how it's put in the message paraphrase. Uh, It says, remind the people to respect the government and be law-abiding, always ready to lend a helping hand. This is is some realignment in my life. Get, get, Get this next part. No insults. No fights. God's people should be big-hearted and courteous. I can think of my own life in in this past season where I've not been big-hearted and courteous, and and I can think of a lot of people that call action home and Jesus their Lord and Savior. That that, that would not describe them. And and Paul is writing to the church in Crete saying, hey, here's a reminder. Be better. Be different. 
Here's the first reminder I wanna give you today. It's really quiet in here. Reminders, again, you're in the grocery store, but you need need to hear this. Reminder number one is respond differently. Respond differently. That that word submit is a Greek word, and it has two different meanings. It would have had a military term and a a non-military term. And the Greek military term meaning to fall in line under a commander. In the middle of a battle, in subordination, it, it would cost lives, and, and we're in a battle, so submission and, and following God's will and following God's plan, his authority is important. Here's probably a better one for, for, for our time together today and for our life. A non-military use means to possess a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, carrying a burden. I love that word, a voluntary Attitude. I need to be really clear, though, Action Church, that, that submission to a, a authority, this reminder here in Scripture, does not mean blind obedience. It is choosing to accept and acknowledge God's order of things. Paul says in Romans that authority is established by God to keep order on earth. This started in the Old Testament when Samuel the prophet instituted the kings, with Saul being the first king. And I need to remind you that God will not allow evil to go unchecked forever. Look throughout time at, at, at great civilizations that grew and prospered, but God will not let it go on forever. Right. Assyria, Babylon, Rome, all prominent, but all fell. Egypt, all fell. Why? Because God will not allow evil to go unpunished forever. I need to remind you of this. God appoints all authority, but not all authority is godly. Somebody needs to catch that today. You're like, well, if God appoints them and they should be godly, that's not what the Bible says. God has a bigger plan. I don't know it. I don't understand. Well, Pastor, why is this person in charge in this city or this country or this station? I have no idea, but I, I don't make a habit of questioning God. I lose there. You ever had an argument with like one of your little kids? And they're like, I mean, Kingston was arguing this week. He, he's going to, to Colorado to see uh, his grandparents and, and aunts and uncles uh, next week. And he was like, Daddy, it's a six-hour flight to Colorado. I said, no, but it's four. He goes, nope, I heard it was six. <laughs> I don't know where we go from here, but you're clearly wrong. And I feel like that's when we're like, well, God, I don't know why you did this. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> you're an idiot. God appoints all authority, but not all authority is godly. And, and catch this, this is, this is for you and for me, if you, if you call Jesus Lord. Christians will always feel, and this is so important for us, Christians will always feel a disconnect from human leaders because they're, they're taking the, the place of God. In fact, Samuel in the Old Testament said, hey, I'll give you this king. The people are demanding, we need a king, and we need a king. He's like, I'm gonna give him to you, but you're gonna be really disappointed because they're always gonna fall short of of your expectations. And as Christians, we have God the Father, we have Jesus the Son, who who are our authority and our leaders, and and God does put authority in our life, both both biblically and spiritually and and in government, but we're always gonna be disappointed because we know who the perfect Father is, we know who Jesus is, and so they're never gonna measure up, and so we're always gonna be disappointed, but we gotta be careful, and this is really important to stay in time, that we don't make a leader our God that they're not the savior. That's right. We've already been saved. Amen. Our home is not here, and what's happening here is not as important as what's happening in eternity. I wrote it down this way. Biblical principle will always supersede worldly laws. So I need to hear, it says, it says be obedient to the law. I need you to hear today, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. 
So quit using that. Well, it's legal. Well, abortion is legal. And no, 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 no Christian agrees that abortion is okay to take away something that God created. It's not, and just because legal doesn't make it right. I mean, for the vast majority of states in this last season, it was illegal to gather to worship God in a free country. That's not, that's not right. That's not, it, it may be illegal, but it's, it's, it's more wrong of me as a believer to give up worshiping my Lord and Savior than following a, a law meant to persecute or change. And so... I'm gonna flip it on you real quick. I love to do this because you're like, he's going in, he's my guy. But I also need to let you know that, 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 that nationalism is an idol. And it's not new. I don't know if you know this, but every country, all great civilizations loved what they were doing. In fact, the Judean culture in this day and time, nationalism was a big thing and it actually ended in their destruction. In 66 AD, they were fighting to, to be a nation. They were fighting to overthrow and they were fighting and then Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD because the people of God made it more about what they could do on earth than what God was doing in them and through them in the, in the early church. And so I just, I need to make sure as we talk about this that we're building our, our house on the right thing. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna step on your toes for just for a second and then I'm gonna get way off of them. Let's do it, let's do it. Um, Matthew's gospel, several different times in the gospels it talks about you're gonna build your house uh, on the sand or on the rock. And building your house here uh, on an American perspective is, is building your house on the sand. It's a really great sand though. Like, I need you to hear, like, nobody loves America more than me. One of my two best friends in the world is a Marine. He's gonna get a purple heart. Like, I am star-spangled banner. I am 4th of July. I put my hand on my heart every time I see a bald eagle flying. It just feels like America. Like, just, thank you, God, that I'm born here. I saw a bald eagle flying at the golf course the other day. I was like, yes. <laughs> Proud to be an American. Little Lee Greenwood, I will cry and stand every time. But it's sand. It's like a really great beach house. Like you, you love having a beach house. You love going to a beach house. If you've never been, find you a friend that owns a beach house. It's better to have a friend with a beach house than you own one because the insurance is high and a storm is eventually gonna knock it down. Like it's not gonna be there for forever. And that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just saying we can't build here. That's why expansion offering is so important. That's why Christmas store is so important. That's why being on the A-team is so important. That's why living a generous life is so important. That's why not getting caught up in losing relationships over politics and opinion is so important because you can't build here. We can enjoy it. We can be thankful. I am so thankful that we live in America in 2020 with the technology and the freedom to reach the most amount of people ever. But we, we can rent here and we can enjoy it here and we can be grateful that we're placed here. But you cannot build your foundation on your American per perspective. It's just, it's just, it's just, wow. it's just sand. It's sand. Wow. That went better than I thought. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Yeah. I felt all week like I'm reminding my wife of something that I already told her about and this was gonna be a problem, but that went way better. Thank you so much for your patience and graciousness. Verse three, verse three. Once, I love this about Paul. I hope this is always the posture of action church and our pastors and our church members. Once we too, I just love somebody that says, hey, I don't have it all together too. I just love how Paul writes. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we, and we hated each other. 
And I, I just love that he, that he starts there as he begins to present the gospel in just a moment, that it's just, it's just different. Like there, there's, there's a different posture when you're talking to somebody and you're like, hey, I don't have it all together either. That's the difference, I believe, in people that have found a religion and a relationship with Jesus. Because if you're religious, you have this, this arrogance of, of I've found something, of I've accomplished something. But if you've just surrendered your life to Jesus, you're just like Paul saying, hey, I used to be just like that. I used to be a slave to many lusts, foolish. I hated people and they, and they hated me, but then I found Jesus. And here's the gospel in verse four through seven. It's one of my favorite, just simple presentations of, of who Jesus is and what he can do uh, in our life. It says, but, we, we, are, we were all of these things, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, and that's important, so we can't take credit for it. Amen. He washed away all our sins. We did not get better. We did not figure it out. We did not make new priorities. We did not get a list. We did not give enough. We did not serve enough. He washed away our sins. Like, you and I never could have been reconciled to a holy God as sinful people without Jesus washing away our sins. It's important. Giving us a new birth. And, like, that, that means you should be a new person. You're a new creation. Now, you're an infant, so you're not gonna be perfect. That's why we're in this process of sanctification. When something is born, it's not adult and mature. There's a process of growth, and I think we, get, we put too much pressure on ourselves and our friends and our family because they, they get baptized. Like, you should be totally different. They're not gonna be much different. They've never lived this way before. They are a new creation. They are figuring out how to live this, this spirit-led life. I think it's important for us to give ourselves patience and those around us, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Verse seven, because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us a confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Because of his grace, he, he gave us an exchange. Your insecurity, your shame, your fear, your doubt, your mistakes, your lust, what you're enslaved to, he gave an exchange with his sacrifice that his body was broken so that you could be made whole and his, his blood was shed so it could wash away your sin so that God no, no longer sees you once you give your life to Jesus as you are, he sees you as Jesus is, perfect and holy and, and blameless and the Bible tells us that we are one decision away. Now, now God does not call us to make a, a, a decision decision and stop, he calls us to make a decision to follow and then every single day lay down our cross. I mean, lay down our, our life, pick up our cross and, and follow him. But to become a disciple, you, you have to make a decision to surrender, to say, I'm laying down my life and I'm picking up your purpose for your life. And so I wanna do something really, really strange at Action Church. We, we give people an opportunity to, to meet Jesus every single week at the end of service. But as I'm reading Titus chapter three, this, this is the gospel presentation. Like, I, I, can't, I can't say it any better. Like, Paul writing the church in Crete, writing to Titus, gave us four verses that presented the gospel. And I just believe right here in the middle of service, with 23 minutes left in, in our time together, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And, and, he, and he's saying, today is, is your day, that you once too were, were foolish, that you were disobedient, that you had built it on the wrong things, but that today in the middle of a church service, you're, you're gonna give your, your life to Jesus. So I wanna do this at every one of our location, if you're joining us online, I, I wanna bow our heads right here, right here in the middle of service, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And, and I wanna give you a, an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus, to, to go from verse four to verse five, that I was this way, but God saved me, and now I'm different 
in Jesus' name. So if that's you today, you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus for the first time, or I wanna recommit my life to him for the first time in a long time. I've been, I've been the, this chapter one and two type person. I, I focused on the wrong things, but today I, I'm deciding I'm gonna focus on Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. If that's you, at any one of our locations or joining us online, would you raise your hand right where you are so I can pray for you? Say, I, I need Jesus today. I got hands up all over here. Like five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Probably 20 plus hands here at Winter Park. Come on, Sanford, South Orlando. Come on, worshiping online with your family right there, all alone in your car. Found us on Facebook, but God is speaking to you. Proud of you. You can put your hands down. Just real quick, again, you're, you're starting something today, but it's important that you, you give God access to everything. And so I wanna lead you in a prayer, just inviting the, the Holy Spirit to, to lead your life, inviting Jesus to be the Lord and the Holy Spirit to have the power to lead you. Would you, would you just pray this in your heart as I pray out loud? Say something like this. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I was foolish and disobedient, but by the grace and mercy of God, I, I can be restored, I can be redeemed. I'm giving you my life today. I'm doing what the word commands. I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Action Church, can we celebrate right in the middle of service the dozens of people? I'm so proud of you. If you raise your hand, hey, it's the best decision you can make. It is the, it is the beginning, not the end, and we wanna be a part of it, and so we, we've celebrated it. Fill out that connection card if you made that decision. Fill out the digital connection card if you're online. Take it by uh, the info center. We have some next steps for you, uh, a Bible for you, resources for you, and so we are just, we're so honored to be a part of the start of your journey to, to follow Jesus, and, and, that, and that's, why, that, that's why we do what we do. That, that, is the, that is the Great Commission, to make disciples, and to make disciples, we have to first make a decision to follow Jesus, and I just, I, I can't be, I can't be more proud of the decision you just made. Like dozens of you going from, from death to life and it's amazing what we, what we get to see God do every single week. Let, let, let's jump back into, into verse eight because he presents the gospel because he knows there's people in Crete that need it just like here. But, but then he gets right back to reminding. I just love Paul. Like I think, I think if Paul was here, I'd let him preach at least every other week. And so, <laughs> come on, that's funny. You've never heard that one before, that's new. This is a trustworthy saying. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. He's talking about everything above. Verse nine, do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing division among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemned them. God, Paul got, he went right back in. Like he just did what we did. He went like reminder, salvation, celebration. Hey, he's like, hey, just real quick, before I sign off, quit being so divisive because he knows how Christians are gonna be. Because if we're not careful, we'll, we'll get verses four through eight, but we'll, we'll forget how far we've come and we'll judge people based off of where we currently are and we forgot how far God has brought us. Like there's just, it's what we do. It's, a, it's one of the greatest tools of the enemy. The reminder here, and this is important, divisive people 
not only divide their influence, but they subtract from your influence as well. When you allow them to be in your life, they subtract from your influence because you're guilty by association. This is the third time in three chapters that Paul has brought up gossip, slander, divisiveness, people tearing down the, the church in Crete. Here's what it says in the message paraphrase. Stay away from mindless, pointless quarreling over genealogies and fine print in the law code. That gets you nowhere. It says warn a quarrelsome person once or twice, but then be done with them. It's obvious that such a person is out of line. Rebellious against God, by persisting in divisiveness, he cuts himself off. Wow. I just wanna give you, some of you are like, I, I don't understand what this means. Here, here let me bring it in context to, to 2020. This is talking about Christians who are divisive. This is the keyboard warriors who ask a lot of questions but provide no answers. You know them. The ones who point out all the problems but never actually produce anything with their life. The experts who, next, who have never actually done or are doing anything. And the Bible says have nothing more to do with them. And that's not cutting them out of relationship because you're mad at them or angry with them. It's setting boundaries because it's unhealthy to be around people like that. Yep. And the most life-giving way you can say it is just say, hey, I'm too, busy, I'm too busy building this thing you're trying to tear down, and so I just don't have time for it anymore. And it's not an opinion, this is, this is scripture. Give them a first and second warning and then say, hey, I, I've got a mission to get back to and I've got people around me. And again, I'm not talking about lost people. We do anything short of sin to reach lost people. But people that have professed Jesus that are tearing down his thing, Paul is really clear on here. Hey, give them a first chance and a second chance and then say, hey, I'll be right here. And that's the beauty that I think the difference of Action Church is it'll be a first and a second warning and they'll say, hey, you're out of leadership, you're out of this place, but whenever God wants to, uh, whenever God uh, restores you, heals you, you can come right back where you were. Like you're not done forever, you're just done for now because we're building and you're tearing down. I'm, I'm, I'm stacking blocks and you're taking them away and that's insane. Like just put it in that simple context. Let me, let me give you one last quote and then, and then we'll move on. Um, I just, I love, I love teaching verse by verse. I just love the, the intricacies of, of scripture and the reminders here. Here's the last thing that we'll, we'll do before we move on. Don't take criticism from someone you would never seek advice from. Don't take criticism from someone you would never seek advice from. All right, we're done. Thank you, Paul, for getting us out of this. Let's get down to his final remarks and greetings, which are way friendlier. Like, I love... Thank you, Paul, for starting soft, getting really, really harsh, and now he's got some final greetings for us. Let's, let's drop down to verse 13. Do everything you can to help Zenos and the lawyer, uh, the lawyer and Apollos with their trip, see that they are given everything they need. Verse 14, here's where we're gonna camp out today as we end two weeks in Titus uh, and as we get ready uh, for our expansion offering. Verse 14, our people, that's, that's Christians, must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will not be unproductive. We must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Here's the last reminder. Meeting urgent needs provides access to meet eternal ones. One more time for the message paraphrase because I just love, I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrases uh, Titus 3. Our people have to learn to be diligent in their work so that all the necessities are met, especially among the needy, and they don't end up with nothing to show for their lives. That's what I wanna end with today. Like, I wanna ask you, what, what, what do you have to show? 
Come on, if you're close to anybody in your life, if you have a spouse or a significant other or kids, you ever ask this question, hey, they're, they're traveling or they're gone. You ever ask this question, hey, did you miss me? Come on, I, I, I'm a big, like, I, I missed you. Uh, my, my wife is not so much of a, I miss you person. Like, did you miss me? She's like, no, I knew you were coming back. What would I, why would I miss you? <laughs> and Billy's the same, Billy and Kingston. It's amazing how, how, how different th- that we are. Like, like, Kingston's like, daddy, why would I miss you? Like, you, I, was, I, was, I was at school, you were at work, you were gone on a trip, I knew you were coming home. And Bentley's like, I miss you more, I love you, dad. Like, I just, I love Bentley. Like, Bentley, if you're watching right now, <laughs> my pride and joy, you're my favorite. Kingston doesn't watch church, so. <laughs> They're like, you can't say that about your kids. Yes, I can, Billy, I love you. <laughs> but there's this question, did, did, you, did you miss me? And, and I, wanna, I want to ask that in the context of Action Church and in the communities that we exist in. Because for, for far too long, churches have been a place about, about come to what we're doing, be a part of what we're doing invest in what we're doing. But the question would be, with the, with the schools and the, the, the hospitals and the communities and the neighborhoods, would they miss us if we were gone? Like if we stopped existing today, would people look around and think, where did Action Church go? Like what do we have to show for all that we say? Well, I know a community in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is different because we sponsor a church plant like we do every single year, thousands and tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars over the history of the church, but just one this year launched in the heart of Philadelphia with 450 people on launch day and 60 people giving their life to Jesus. I would say there's, there's a community there that would answer that question, yeah. I, I would miss Action Church if I was gone because I wouldn't have a church to call home. I would say that the women that we're taking care of, Beauty for Ashes in Uganda, the kids that we're saving through Saving Grace, the women that we're saving off the streets of forced prostitution and sex slavery through She Is More Than, the, the, the kids that we're giving an education, which if you've never been to a, a, a poverty-stricken nation, knowledge and education is the greatest gift you can give somebody outside of Jesus. At Miracle Destiny Schools, as we built whole new wings and whole new dormitories. I, I would say, like, if we stopped doing what we were doing, they would wake up one day and say, what happened to to Action Church, I, I would say walk in the hallways in the rooms yesterday at our Christmas store when, when I heard the story of a, of a lady whose sister was murdered in the spring. And she had her own five kids and now she was responsible for five more kids and trying to figure out which kids get Christmas this year and which ones don't. She comes to a Christmas store, but well, we're not the hero, she's the hero. The kids will never know that she came to an Action Church Christmas store. They'll know that their mom and their aunt provided Christmas in the toughest season of their life. They're the hero, we're not the hero. I would say that the 1,100 kids that get Christmas and the 150, get this, 150 parents that met Jesus yesterday at our Christmas store. We saw 150 people give their life to Jesus at our Christmas store. I would say that they, that they would miss us. My question is, will they continue to miss us? Because we can never be a church that just celebrates all that God has done. We have to be a church that continues to believe and invest on what, what he will do. Before we give today, I do wanna look back 
and the team prepared a, a video of what we're doing in the com uh, community to really answer this question, would, would they miss us? I wanna show you this and then I'll give you some instructions and we'll worship God with our giving. If you could play the video. I'm honored to call you a partner. I'm honored to be witnessing this. And, and man, we, we, we are in partnership, brother, uh, until, until, until he calls us home, champ. It's not a me thing, it's a we thing. And you guys are really getting after it in the community. You know, you're a stone's throw away from this high school. You guys are walking the walk and you're talking the talk and you're committed to your community, your local community. It's a very good thing that you guys are doing. Um, and I, I love being a partner with you. I think our partnership and getting to do things together has been one that's super special to me. I, I super look forward to, to what's next and how we can continue to reach Oviedo together. There are so many needs that, that the government can't meet. It's their, their human needs, the, the need for connection, the need for purpose in life. And uh, that, that's something that, that you guys can, can help with that nobody else can. To see the school where it is, to see what, what has happened. When I drive by that building and know that our partnership had something to, to do, a small part that we played in that, absolutely incredible. What, what Action Church has been is um, knowing that you have our back. I think that is the best way to describe it. And I thank you for your commitment because it was never no type of hidden agenda. It was really transparent that it was really about helping and you, you know, the name action is what it is. You have taken action in an uncompromising way. Action Church is everything to me. Um, it's hard to kind of just say it in a couple words. Um, it's like that family friend that's always there for you when you need support. Um, I never hesitate to call. It has blown up in our community that we've had an opportunity to have such a strong relationship and have the ability to reach people regardless of where they live in the community, uh, providing them with services and needs. Action Church to me is positiveness. It is um, hard work. It is supportive. There's no boundaries and there's no walls. I'm honored to work with you, honored to serve with you. And when we talk about tens of thousands of moms and dads and boys and girls every year that we're helping, that's you with us. We can't do it without you. Keep pressing on, fight the good fight. The Father is pleased. And I think what's also important to know is that your message and your reach uh, extends beyond just our incorporated city limits. So the reach is wide and, uh, and we're thankful for that. And we look forward to continuing uh, into the future. I just appreciate the fact that you are there. When I think of you guys, I think of friendship, partnership, faith builders, and trust. And you're always asking, what can you do to help us? And that just will stick with me forever. And again, I just wish we could give more back to you. So if there is something we can do, please, I know Pastor Eddie, you let us know. Action Church, we love you. Thank you for being the church, being the hands and feet of Jesus and getting out there and doing your part and not leaving it up to somebody else to do. Thank you, Action Church. So appreciate your partnership. Thank you, Action Church. Great work. Thank you, Action, for everything. Thank you. Thank you to all of the members that are there. We truly appreciate everything that you're doing and God bless you all. the opportunity today to, to make sure that we create more Christmas stores and more opportunities for people to meet Jesus.
meeting urgent needs so that we can meet eternal ones. And I was praying about it, you know, in a, in a COVID season, we normally worship God and we pass buckets, but we're not gonna do that today for safety reasons. But I also don't wanna miss this moment where we just walk out of this room and, and drop an envelope in a, in a bucket. We've got giving stations set up all throughout the auditorium and we're actually gonna go row by row in the next few moments throughout the worship song and, and we're gonna give together. A couple things you need to know is, as I give online, uh, and so there'll be people in here that you're saying, hey, I, I'm not giving today. So there should be no judgment or pressure from anybody. If you're a first time guest, this is, this is for the people who call Action Church home. If you feel impressed to give, we would be honored that you trusted us with that investment. So there's so many different situations throughout the room. You're more than welcome to walk by and drop an empty envelope in there, right on there that I'm giving online. I just think there's something important about us standing up, getting out of our seat, and making a move saying, God, I'm worshiping you with my giving. I'm, I'm worshiping you right now through this song. Maybe most importantly, I'm worshiping you with my life. I offer my, my life as a living sacrifice, the book of Romans says, and that's, that's what this represents. I also want to remind you that this season, for the first time ever for Action Church, we don't have an amount goal, but we have a, uh, a goal of participation. In our 12 basket series, we said it's not the, the size of the sample, it's the size of the sacrifice. And 536 people last year gave over $2 million. I'm just believing that we can have double the sacrifice this year, that a thousand families will say, I want to create stories, I want to create opportunities that if they weren't here, people, people would miss us. Uh, I want to have something to show for my life. So I'm gonna pray over this offering, you begin to get it ready, and then the ushers are gonna lead us out and we're gonna worship God, and then we'll have some closing uh, remarks from your location, Pastor, after our time of worship. God, we love you. God, we stand here. I stand here today in awe of what you've done. God, moved move to, to tears yesterday as I, as I saw what we get to be a part of. God, you could have chose anybody, but you chose us. I don't really understand, but I pray that we're, we're grateful for the opportunity. God, I pray that we continue to, to seek you and to stretch our faith. God, we are not gonna be a church that always talks about all that you have done. We are gonna be a church that celebrates, gives you the glory, but we continue to look for new ingredients for a miracle. So that's what we're doing today. Throughout all of our homes, we're, we're just looking to see what we have. God, what have you given us in this season? And we declare today that we're gonna be open-handed with that. In fact, Holy Spirit, I pray if you've not already, I, I pray right now that you would speak the, the certain amount to people. That nobody in our church feels obligation or pressure. We believe what Paul writes in Corinthians that we should give cheerfully, not under any obligation or compulsion, but each believer should decide in their own heart what they should give. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would put that on our hearts right now and that we would be faithful and obedient. And God, I stand here today praising you in advance for the next year of the ability 
to reach and connect people because today we're expanding our faith and our sacrifice and our generosity and we are laying the foundation for you to build something this year in Jesus' name. We love you. We worship you right now through our giving. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can we stand to our feet as we worship?